Blog Talk Radio. Self-preservation motif 
in chapter 1 of Exodus. So the Hebrew babies are to be thrown toward the Nile. The Hebrew reads toward the Nile. Uh, some versions may be thrown into the Nile, but they were they were thrown toward the Nile. And chapter 2 uh, begins the story of Moshe, or Moses. And Moses dominates uh, dominate, text. That is, uh, we know he's the author of the Genesis document, and uh, through uh, the book of Deut- uh, Deuteronomy. And so uh, he is a very powerful figure. He is one of the greatest theologians of the Old Testament. And so uh, we see that uh, the will of God and we see the, the presence of God uh, in, Mo, in the life of Moses and directing how this, he would be given up by his mother and then raised by, uh, raised by a pharaoh's daughter. So, and he became a member of the, of the state. And so he was well-educated, well-trained, um, Events came about in which he eventually had to leave his people. And he was 40 years old when he left, and he remained uh, in exile for 40 years. When he comes back, he is 80 years old. He is 80 years old, and uh, God is going to use him mightily. In Exodus 2, we read in verse 23 that during that long period, the king of Egypt died. And that was Seti the first. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help uh, because of their slavery went up to God. And God heard their groan. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. And then, then in chapter 3, we have the call narrative. Of Moshe or Moses, he is called by God to do the work of God. And again, we have the shepherd motif in Exodus 3:1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So he is in training for ministry. Now notice what how God does seminary training. Uh, it is very, very powerful uh, and how God produces leaders and how God builds leaders. It's very, very interesting. Uh, Moses does not want to do what God has called him to do, but then eventually he learns that uh, the gifts and calling of God are not unto repentance. He must do what God has called him to do. Um, we read in uh, one of the minor prophets, uh, Jonah. Jonah did not want to do God's work. He reared up in the Hebrew uh, as a horse uh, snorting. He reared up in rebellion against divinely sanctioned authority. And uh, so he wanted to go against the will of God, and God had to show him who is God, Moses. And so uh, Jonah learned some very interesting things. 
about himself and about God. Uh, Moses in chapter 4 is concerned about unbelief, but eventually he returns to Egypt, He and he leads God's people out of Egypt. God's people are delivered uh, from Pharaoh and his army. Pharaoh's army drowned, and uh, God's people experience a wonderful exodus with them. And they learn uh, another name for God, that is, he is the divine warrior, the divine warrior. So, but then Moses faces opposition from people because of their stubbornness and their stiffness. But he hangs in there uh, because this is this is his ministry that God has given to him, and he has to lead these people into the promised land. Now, in the first chapter of Deuteronomy. Uh, we read a, a very interesting statement that the the journey, uh, God's people, because of their rebellion and selfishness, uh, because they rebelled against God's will, they wandered around the desert for 39 years and 10 months. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, we read that the journey from Mount Horeb to Kadesh Barnea, or the edge of the promised land, is only an 11-day journey. And because they lived in the flesh and walked in the flesh and had the mind of the flesh, they wandered in the wilderness. They trekked back and forth in that fierce wasteland because of disobedience, because of unbelief. They did not trust God. In fact, uh, we read that they slandered the character of God by not believing his word. See, the people who reject the word of God do not realize that they are culpable for their unbelief. They are culpable for a slander against the divine character. Now, Moses must lead these people, and he has had a hard time. And then so in Exodus 33, verse 4, we read, uh, uh, verse 3 reads, Go up to the land floor with molten honey, but I will not go with you, because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. This is God speaking to his people. But when the people heard the distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. Verse 7, Moses uh, used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Verse 9, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face-to-face as a man speaks to his friend. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me leave these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, this nation is your people, 
And verse 14 is very powerful. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And this minister, this man of God, this faithful one of the living Christ needed that reassurance. Now, in the Hebrew, the words, my presence, is literally my faces. And Moses said to him, if your faces does not go with us, do not send us up from here. So this is a very interesting expression, faces. And then verse 7, 17, I don't have time to go into that today. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. I don't have time to explain the, the name of peace either today. Then the Lord said, to Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, and the Lord, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion. Will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my faith and live near me, for you may stand on the rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft and the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will release and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. There is a place near me, God said to him. There is a place near me. There is a place where you may stand. To every faithful minister, to every faithful child of God, to every child of God that's in pain and crying and suffering and happiness and misery and sorrow, I want you to know that there is a place near God's feet, a place where you may stand in his grace. Do not forget that the Lord loves you. He wants you to know that he loves you. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.